0: Yesterday, Joe Biden announced a $300 billion plan to forgive $10,000 worth of student debt for every debtor who makes less than 125 grand per year and $20,000 for every debtor who paid for college with Pell Grants. Now, the whole situation is a little bit awkward for Joe Biden because four months ago, his Speaker of the House who was at the time trying to defend Biden's reluctance to forgive the student loans, admitted that the president doesn't have any right to forgive student loans.
1: People think that the president of the United States, is this more on the subject than you ever want to know? Well, you'll let me know. People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay but he does not have that power. That would that has to be an act of Congress.
0: He does not have that power except for, what was that, Joe? Oh, never mind. Okay, he has that power. It's just like when Fauci flipped on the masks. The masks are dumb. The masks are terrible. They don't work. Stop wearing the, oh yeah, never mind. They're great and you have to wear them all the time. It's very, very awkward when they have to pivot 180 degrees like that. It's also awkward for Biden that the money will disproportionately help Wealthy white people. As the liberal activist and Young Turks commentator Nina Turner points out, the average white borrower is $12,000 in debt, while the average black borrower is a whopping $52,000 in debt. And as the left wing Brookings Institution noted, a full third of student debt is owed by the wealthiest quintile of households, while only 8% of student debt is owed by the bottom quintile. But then again, This is a feature, not a bug of the plan. Right now, Joe Biden is losing support among college educated whites. So, very simple calculation, he is buying their votes before the midterm elections, which is corrupt, sure, but it's also par for the course in politics, especially among Democrats going back to the days of Tammany Hall and gangs of New York. The biggest problem with Biden's vote buying scheme is not that it's corrupt. It's not that it's expensive. It's not even that Joe Biden has no right to do it. The worst aspect of Biden's payoff is that it is going to encourage more people to go to college where they will be treated to a heavily subsidized four-year training camp to make more docile and ignorant Democrat voters. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from the Viskens fan, who says, YouTube says, Dr. Science has said masks are 100% effective and you must be shut down and thrown into the gulags for saying otherwise. Then Dr. Science retires. Then YouTube says, But on the other hand, <laughs> we don't, this is absolutely true. If you question us, you are questioning science and reality and truth itself. And oh, oh, it's over now? Okay, yeah, never mind. We're good. Go back to normal. It's just, it's so transparent when they do that. Poor Pelosi. How's she going to answer that? Poor Pelosi. She's going to have to say, the president does not have any right until, yes, until August 25th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Then the president totally has that right. I think we need to be able to do things for ourselves. We can't trust these people running our country. That's why you've got to check out Rock Auto. Right now, head on over to rockauto.com. The value of your minivan, pickup, sedan, whatever you drive, Probably appreciated pretty significantly last year. That's the silver lining amid all the crazy supply chain stuff and the, the record inflation. It means you gotta take care of your automotive investment. Keep more of your money by buying the auto parts that you need to maintain and repair your vehicle at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com has been in the auto parts business for 20 years. It's family-owned, super easy to navigate catalog. Always reliably low prices, no gimmicks. You just you're not going to beat their price anywhere. It Doesn't matter the day of the week. Same prices for pros and do-it-yourselfers. I've told you about my buddy. I'm going to shame him again. My buddy, who he he really likes Rock Auto, but he was he was just feeling a little loose one day. He goes to the brick-and-mortar auto parts store. He just wanted to get a part. They find the part finally. They wanted to charge him 400 bucks. He pulls up Rock Auto. It was 150 on Rock Auto. He said, you you scammers, you're trying to rip me off over here. I'm going back to Rock Auto. Go to rockauto.com. Get brakes, shocks, carpet wipers, headlights, mirrors, mufflers, lug nuts, or any other part that you need, rockauto.com. Be sure to write Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, in their How Did You Hear About Us box, so they know that we sent you. There is no basis. There's no legal basis. There's no real precedent for Joe Biden to do this in um, American law and history. So he's just doing it. Is just saying, okay, the midterm elections are coming up. We're underwater on every single issue. People hate us. We're losing a key demographic. Let's just pay them off. Let's just buy buy their support. And if anyone questions us about it, we will just engage in whataboutism. What what about whataboutism? What about what about what about? And say, hey, the Republicans they cut taxes. So that's when they cut taxes. That's kind of like us buying the votes of the college educated white students.
1: The point is this. There is plenty of deficit reduction to pay for the programs, cumulative deficit reduction to pay for the programs many times over. I will never apologize (laughs) for helping Americans working, working Americans middle class, especially not to the same folks who voted for a $2 trillion tax cut that mainly benefited the wealthiest Americans and the biggest corporations that slowed the economy, didn't do a hell of a lot for uh, economic growth, and wasn't paid for and racked up this enormous deficit just as we've never apologized when the federal government forgave almost every single cent of over 700 billion dollars in loans to hundreds of thousands of small businesses across across america during the pandemic no one complained that those loans caused inflation a lot of these folks in small businesses are working in middle-class families they needed help it was the right thing to do. So the outrage over helping working people with student loans, I think is just simply wrong, dead wrong.
0: So nothing Joe Biden said there is true. Nothing whatsoever. But Biden said that the tax cut under Trump was only for the wealthy people. It was only for the gazillionaires and the corporations. That's not true. Everybody got a tax cut. Whatever you think of the Trump tax cut, maybe you think it was good policy. Maybe you think it was not great policy. Uh, everybody- who's paying taxes, got a tax cut under Trump. Unless you lived in blue states because you couldn't deduct the state and local taxes from the federal anymore. But that was a politically genius way to punish the blue states. And I think it was a, a way to stop the blue states from uh, free riding on the federal government. Anyway, that's a separate point. His, his argument there doesn't really make sense. Then he says it it was bad for the economy. It didn't didn't lead to any kind of growth. Uh, that's, that's not true at all. The, the listen, I wasn't all that long ago, but I seem to remember the Trump years being boom years. People were getting richer. People were thriving under Trump. Economic growth outperformed expectations. It was great. Enter Joe Biden. What do we get? We get record high inflation, 40-year record high inflation. And we get a recession that's so clear to people that the only way that Joe Biden could deny it was by changing the definition of recession. So that's just completely made up. And then he went after Trump for giving financial assistance to the the business owners whose businesses the government forced to shut down. And then he's saying Republicans didn't warn about inflation. Neither of those things are true. At the time, Republicans said this is a bad idea to shut down the economy and then to just give money away willy nilly. But if you're going to shut down the economy, if you're going to tell people you can't go to work, you've got to shut down your business, then I think the government has some obligation to help you out during that period of time. The government caused that problem. The government mandated that everybody shut down. The government, therefore, can't leave people high and dry in that circumstance. That would be crazy. And furthermore, when when the government comes in and says, hey, businesses that we intentionally destroyed, we're going to give you a little bit of a lifeline to make it through the next six months or year or two years as it turned out to be. That seems to make a lot of sense to me because you want the businesses to continue because you want the economy not to collapse. Very different from, hey, college students who we didn't make go to college, who we didn't force to take out these kinds of loans, who we didn't force to study underwater basket weaving and lesbian dance theory and anything else. Hey, you guys who took out way too much debt, uh, we're just going to give you some free money which probably will just cause the schools to raise the the tuition as they've been doing ever since the federal government has been underwriting college education. But furthermore, which will just incentivize more people to get more stupid degrees and not really get an education, but become just docile Democrat voters, which is all they're really after. Does that seem like the kind of thing we want to incentivize, that we want to underwrite? And do we really want a situation where America, in America, the majority of people do not get a four-year college degree where you've got the country as a whole, subsidizing this degree for a minority of people who statistically will make more money than everybody else. Does that make a lot of sense? Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. The problem with this, it's not the corruption of the payoffs. I mean, that's a problem. It's not how much money it's going to be. That's a problem. It's that we are incentivizing these people to go to college. I break with my fellow conservatives on the college point a lot Sometimes you'll hear conservatives say, college is dumb, it's always dumb, you should never go. That's not my opinion. Sometimes you'll hear conservatives say this, and I hear this one all the time. They say, look, college is fine if you go and you major in STEM. You know, you go and you major in engineering. You go and you you study something that'll help you get a job. That makes sense. But if you go and study, I don't know, history or literature, that's crazy. I have exactly the opposite point of view. There is no reason to go to a four-year liberal arts college to study a job. That's not what the liberal education is for. Liberal education, I think, is a wonderful thing. The point of liberal education is not to learn a job. It's kind of the opposite. It's to not study anything that directly relates to a job. It's to study the arts of freedom, the arts that allow you to make sense of your freedom and allow you to cultivate your higher will and allow you to suppress and educate yourself and suppress that, those base desires and to be a free person to be a free man, to cultivate all those things, which you do through literature, which you do through math, abstract math, not practical engineering, which you do through the sciences, which you do through literature, which you do through all. I think that's wonderful. My problem with college is not liberal education. My problem with college is that increasingly it is pretty much impossible to get a liberal education on any campus in America. That's not what you get there. Instead, what you get is leftist indoctrination Instead, what you get is four years of nonsense. And rather than suppressing your lowest appetites and cultivating your rational will, usually you get four years of misbehaving, as anybody, anybody who's been to college recently knows. And then you graduate with a lot of debt and no education and no practical job skills and nothing. That's the problem. All you really, all you really graduate with is a greater likelihood to vote for Democrats, which is the reason that the, the libs are doing this. That's why it's a terrible thing. Liberal education is great. I wish we could, I wish, I wish we had a lot more of it. There are probably a, a handful, maybe a half a dozen schools in America where you can reliably get a liberal education these days. And now with Joe Biden underwriting, uh, underwriting four-year college, the problem is only going to get much, much worse. Really, really frustrating. We've we've got a real political fight on our hands. When you want to get ready for a fight, when you want to fill up your belly, get some iron pumping through your veins, you got to check out Good Ranchers. Right now, go to goodranchers.com slash Knowles. Use code Knowles. Regardless of what this administration defines as a recession, Americans are hurting in their wallets. Food and gas prices are higher than I've ever seen in my lifetime, and I guess really ever in America. Uh, That's why I am super grateful for my absolute favorite meat delivery service, Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers offers an inflation proof subscription model that lets you lock in your price the day you subscribe. Plus, you can pause your subscription for up to 90 days or cancel anytime you want, but you will not want to. It's it's just an insane deal that they are letting you lock in your price on this incredible quality meat. Plus, right now, they're running a back-to-school give-back program with the goal of donating 100,000 high-quality meals to children in need. To help them out, I'm offering 10 lucky listeners the chance to win 30 minutes with me via Zoom on September 30th. You can ask me anything there. We're calling it a meet and greet. Do you get that? Do you get it? It's a joke. It's funny. Meet and greet. Go to goodranchers.com slash Use code Knowles at checkout. You get 30 bucks off, plus free shipping. Subscribe. Lock in your price and inflation-proof your meals for life, You'll be automatically entered to win 30 minutes of meet and greet with me on September 30th. The offer ends August 31st, goodranchers.com slash Knowles. Use code Knowles at checkout. Does Joe Biden have the power to forgive all this student debt? That's the question that everyone's asking. Joe Biden doesn't even have the power. Well, what is he claiming is the power? He's saying that a September 11th law called the Heroes Act gives the education secretary broad authority to grant relief from student loan requirements during specific periods, such as a war or some other kind of military operation or some kind of national emergency, and for very specific purposes, including, for instance, to address the financial harms of a war or a military operation or an emergency. And then Joe Biden is just completely perverting the meaning of this 9-11 law to say, okay, well, it's an emergency now. Yeah, I woke up this morning. I felt kind of like it was an emergency. So uh, we're going we're gonna to pay off the student loans of people that I want to vote for me. That's the HEROES Act for you. And, and then you've got the conservatives, the feckless conservatives on the other side, crying about how he doesn't have the real power to do this. Newsflash, he does have the power to do this. Politicians have the power to do whatever they can get away with. If you have lived through the last two and a half years, if you have lived through the, the reign of Dr. Fauci, and you don't get that, I can't help you. You're not going to make it. Does, does Biden have the right to do this? No, he doesn't. The law doesn't give him the right to do this. The American tradition doesn't give him the right to do this. Joe Biden's creator does not give him some natural right to do this. But does he have the power? Yeah, of course he does. Two different things. This is where sometimes conservatives and libertarians get a little tripped up on the way our government works. Because they say, that's not in the constitution. This legislative body or this president or this so-and-so doesn't have the right to do it. Doesn't have the power to do that. Yeah, no, he doesn't have the right. He does have the power. The way our politics works is that the the people and the institutions with the power exercise it. And it doesn't matter what that bill up on Capitol Hill and Schoolhouse Rock says, and it doesn't matter what the Constitution says, they're going to wield that power. So Joe Biden's going to wield it. It helps him politically. He's buying votes. Okay, tale as old as time what are we going to do about that? What are, we, what are we going to do about people who exercise power outside of the, the limits and, and their right to do so? Very little, usually very little. And it's why we've got to take a much tougher line with them. You saw DeSantis do this with Dr. Fauci, who's the most egregious example of some technocrat taking more power than he deserves. And DeSantis is really ratcheting up the rhetoric as Dr. Fauci is trying to avoid a congressional investigation by Republicans if Republicans retake the House and or the Senate. As Fauci is saying, okay, I'm, uh, listen, I'm going to speed up my uh, retirement table here. You're all getting a little uh, tough when you talk on Dr. Fauci. So uh, I'm getting out of here, okay? Please forget, about, forget my name. I'll be over there on St. Helena. You've got uh, Ron DeSantis ratcheting up the attacks, speaking as bluntly as I've ever heard him speak. And I'm just sick of seeing him. I know he says he's going to retire. Someone needs to grab that little elf and chuck him across the (laughs) Potomac. I really love this line from DeSantis. It's the right kind of rhetoric, it's extremely funny, it's true, (laughs) it's uh, evocative, it really paints a picture. It is, in a word, Trumpian. Okay, this is why people are going to elect DeSantis. And they're not just going to elect DeSantis, if they elect DeSantis, they're not just going to elect DeSantis to talk like this. They're going to elect DeSantis because they feel that he can do it. Because he's, he has wielded political power in Florida pretty effectively. For a Republican, very effectively. And that's why the libs are pulling their hair out and gnashing their teeth and why they hate him so much. Yesterday, I talked about that stupid DeSantis commercial where they put him out and they made him look like Top Gun. They dressed him up like Tom Cruise, and they had him do a little soft shoe to pretend to be Top Gun, and they called it Top Gov. And it was just the most cringe-inducing thing ever. I had to go get surgery last night to get the cringe off of my face. And I thought, what are you people doing? You got the real deal here. Ron DeSantis is the real deal. You don't need to dress him up in a clown suit and have him pretend to be a movie star. He just can do it. He can just wield political power. And that, I think, is what conservative voters in particular are craving right now. We've had enough of the show. We've had enough of the talk. Donald Trump ran on, we don't want all these all talk politicians, do nothing politicians. We want people who can actually get stuff done. And that's true. Part of the reason he was elected is because Trump was a businessman, right? He'd gotten stuff done in the private sector of the economy. And- how that translated into politics, it was a little bit of a mixed bag, though Trump did accomplish a lot of really great things. So people want to go further, I think, on the right. They say, no, we enough of this. Well, I'm a conservative, so I never want to use the government. I know. I'm, I'm, we have no right to ever use the government. If you elect me, I, I solemnly swear I will do nothing. That's over. That is, that is some, If that was ever popular at all, that is deader than disco. Conservatives want people to be elected to office who will wield the power, justly wield the power that the people give to them. And DeSantis, I think, is demonstrating that. It's very important to do that kind of thing. Because the the unaccountable libs in the technocracy have run amok. And you're seeing now, this is the most offensive thing they've done since the dog days of COVID. And it relates to COVID. Politico's got a headline out. Politico is a great way to take the temperature of the fetid D.C. swamp. It is a very swampy, liberal establishment, insider-y kind of outlet. Politico has a headline, breaking news. Trump White House exerted pressure on the FDA for COVID-19 emergency youth authorizations, a House report finds. The report by House Democrats examining the pandemic says Trump officials sought vaccine approvals to sway voters before the 2020 election. And there it is. There it is what we were predicting the whole time. They're starting to turn on the vaccines because when we were told that the vaccines are, they're 100% safe, no risks whatsoever. You're, a, you're an idiot conspiracy theorist. You're a murderer if you say there are risks because you're discouraging people from getting the jab. You're causing vaccine hesitancy, which is, no one should hesitate because the the vaccine is totally 100% safe. And it's totally effective. Fauci, Walensky, and Biden, they all said, if you get the vaccine, you will not get COVID. You can't contract it. It defies science. No way, sir. No way, Jose. And you can't transmit it either. Totally safe, totally effective. And when that was the narrative, Trump deserved no credit for the vaccines. He didn't do anything. He, if anything, he was an impediment. No, nah, it's Fauci deserves credit. No, nah, it's Operation Warp Speed. That has nothing to do with Trump. That's all the scientists deserve. This is amazing. Trump, that guy was you. But now, now that we know that the vaccine was a little bit less safe than they told us, there were some, there were some side effects, you know, myocarditis and blood clots and changes to women's menstrual cycles and all the stuff they told us couldn't happen that actually did happen. Yeah, that's okay, not totally safe, and it's not. Yeah, okay, it doesn't really like stop you from getting COVID or stop you from transmitting COVID, but it's still, it's still probably good that you get it, you know, if, like for some reason, because of reasons or something. But uh, now that it's a little bit, it's obviously a little less safe and less effective than we were told it was. Now it's all Trump's fault. It's all Trump's fault. He rushed it through. Can you believe this maniac rushed through the vaccine? The 100% totally safe and effective vaccine. That's how you know that as so many of us predicted, and as so many of us were punished on social media for, I had episodes of this show taken down, which it's not just like, you know, you post a little video to the Internet, and oopsie-daisy, that one gets taken down well, no harm, no foul. This is a very expensive show to produce. <laughs> so you take a video down, that's a, that's a major monetary punishment. Fortunately, I get to pass most of that along to Jeremy and Ben. But that's it. they went after content producers and punished us in our wallets and silenced us and sometimes banned people from the public square entirely for saying the kind of stuff that Politico is admitting right now the kind of stuff that the libs broadly are admitting. Yeah, maybe it wasn't yeah, maybe it wasn't totally safe. Maybe it wasn't totally effective. Expect more of this. And expect this to color all the the entire political narrative going into the midterms and into 2024 and beyond. When a Republican does something good, he will get no credit and the Democrats will get all the credit. When Democrats do something bad, Democrats will get no blame. Republicans will get all the blame. It's just the way it works. There is no way around that in the liberal establishment. Just accept it and recognize that you can't believe a word that these people say. This is just old school, bare knuckle brawl interest politics. Whatever you thought about the alleged neutrality of the public square, whatever you thought about the high mindedness of the scientific pursuits that have nothing to do with partisan politics, whatever, that's all fake. That's all made up. Whatever you thought about, well, the politicians are reined in by the limitations of the Constitution. That's not true. These guys are just old school gangs of New York thugs that are buying votes and lying to you and pushing very false narratives and sometimes injecting you with stuff and lying about what they're injecting you with. And then the minute something goes wrong, they blame the other guy. You can't believe what you read, not just in the newspapers, on social media too. It's why you got to go check out Tuvu. Right now, go to tuvoocom slash Knowles. What does freedom mean to you? It's time to take a stand and stop feeding the big tech beast that wants to cancel us and censor us and isolate us from one another on social media. You have heard me talk about Tuvu, which is the new subscription-based alternative that weeds out the bots and the trolls and all the invasive ads and algorithms that make big tech so toxic. Tuvu is the photo sharing community app built on family values, data privacy, and freedom of opinion. It is time to move our communities, our families, and our churches to a better place online where big tech is not pushing its agenda, its vice, its addictive content, and its damaging mental health material. Tuvu is ad-free so they answer to you, the subscriber. Other social platforms place more than 40% of ads in your feed. Uh, That's how big tech makes most of its money, selling those data to the government, to organizations, and to companies. On Tuvu, you're not going to see that kind of thing. Are you hesitant? To try a new platform for the next seven days only, Tuvu is giving our listeners a free annual membership. When you go to Tuvu.com/Noles, get all the details and your free annual membership for a limited time only at Tuvu.com/Noles. Tuvu.com/Noles, or look for Tuvu on Google Play or the App Store. The walking back. Of the the supreme scientific and medical confidence that you saw on the masks, that you saw on the social distancing, that you saw on the vaccines, that you saw on every aspect of COVID. Initially, they told you, oh, it's all fine. It's all good. No big deal. Absolutely. You got to follow us. And then it turns out actually, well, it's not that safe necessarily. It's not totally effective. And the walk back that you are seeing there, you are going to see that 100 fold, 1000 fold when it comes to transgenderism. We are being told right now That putting little tiny kids on puberty blockers, pumping them full of cross-sex hormones, cutting the flesh off of their arms and legs so that you can create a fake-looking phallus and and staple it on to little girls, ripping girls' healthy breasts off and just having a stream of staples across their chests, that that's totally fine. There are no side effects. It's reversible even. No big deal. Let's do it to little kids. There's no problems. You are going to see an avalanche of lawsuits. You're going to see an avalanche of disgust and regret when people realize what they've done. You're already beginning to see that. And when that happens, I promise you, I promise you, the libs who are right now calling conservatives murderers and phobes and bigots and evil people, for opposing this stuff, they are going to blame it on us. They're going to find a way to blame Trump for transgenderism. They're going to find a way, and they're going to be, to find a way to shuffle all the responsibility for this psycho movement that they alone are pushing. They're going to find a way to try to shuffle some of it onto other people. Horrifying story right now about this poor little 10 year old kid. Little 10 year old boy who's got some pervert psycho parents who are dressing him up like a little girl and having him strut down runways. He's called the youngest transgender runway model in America. He's 10 years old. Well, his parents or his guardians or who knows what's going on in this absolutely dysfunctional family. Uh, the parents are saying that the little kid is going to have transgender surgery starting at age 16. So not just pumping him full of chemicals, but actually lopping off his body parts. And, and in some cases, lopping off his healthy flesh on his arms and legs to, to mutilate him and make him look more like the opposite sex, allegedly. Uh, the youngest transgender model, as, as his parents call him, was socially transitioned at the age of four and had a legal name change by seven because that's what he really wanted. Because four-year-olds have bodily autonomy and consciousness and can make these kinds of decisions. Don't forget, according to our law, a 17-year-old can't consent to sex, can't consent to having a one-night stand, a 17-year-old. But a four-year-old can consent to lopping off his genitals, according to our culture. Dee McMair, who is this child's mother, uh, told the Chicago parent in 2019 that over the next few years, the kid would start puberty blockers and then begin the physical transition. Every reasonable person sees this story and says, why why aren't these parents in prison? Why isn't this kid being taken by the state and given to loving normal people or even put in an orphanage? He'd be better off in an orphanage than with these child abusers. Why, why, why? When it's so clear. We have child abuse laws. That's true. But this doesn't qualify. It would have qualified five years ago, certainly. It would have qualified for all of American history, for all of the history of civilization. This would have qualified as child abuse. Now, though, we have a different conception of what child abuse is because we have accepted this this crazy idea of transgenderism. In order for child abuse laws to have force, we have to agree on what abuse is. And in order to agree on what abuse is, We have to agree on what is wrong. And in order to agree on what is wrong, we have to agree on what is good. And the conservatives, even the conservatives, don't want to do it. The libs are willing to do it. For the libs, it's really easy. Things that are actually good, they call evil. And things that are evil, they call good. That's it. There you go. You've now had a master class on the liberal conception of the good. The leftist conception of the good. What about the conservatives, though? There's a split. You've got the traditional conservatives who say, "Oh yeah, well we know the good, we know we know what's evil. We have reason we can discern between these two things. We have revealed religion, which also helps us to discern between these two things. But even just using our natural reason, we can know. We can know it's wrong to do this. Okay, you don't need a PhD to do that. In fact, if you have a PhD, you're probably more likely not to understand that. Conservatives get it, but there's another group, the kind of leave me alone types on the right. You do you, and they're the ones who will say, well." Who's to say what is good? Maybe your good is my bad. Maybe my bad is your good. I don't want the collectivists to tell me what's good. I just want my own conception because I am an island. And it's better to just be totally left alone. And it leads to a kind of political quietism that that causes people to withdraw from the political community. And this is what's crucial, refuse to exercise power. So what happens? You got the libs who have a a completely inverted conception of what's right and wrong. They're the ones wielding all the power. And you've got the conservatives who say, well, it would be wrong of me to exercise any power. That would be coercive. That would violate my idea of individual rights. And I'm not going to do that. Elect me and I'll do nothing. The government that governs least governs best. I want to shrink the government down so small that I can fit it in my pocket, that kind of stuff. That's That's why, by the way, the libs encourage this conception of conservatives. When the the libs put a conservative into a TV show, the great example of this would be Parks and Rec. The kind of curmudgeonly right winger is always super libertarian. Ron Swanson He's always, I just don't want the government to to interfere in anything. Whenever the libs are having a straw man argument with the right, they always say, I thought you were the party of small government. You're supposed to be the party of, of small government where you don't do stuff. Stop getting involved in my decisions and my rights. They always do that because it benefits the left to have an opponent that refuses to exercise power. Because either way they win. When the libs win the elections, then the libs get to exercise power. When the conservatives win the elections, then the libs still get to exercise power or nobody exercises power for a spell and then the libs win again and then the libs exercise more power. That's not a long-term strategy for victory if you are on the right. We, we have to exercise power. To do that, we have to have a conception of the good. And we have to enforce that conception of the good on other people. Which is And it's better, someone's going to do that. So it's either going to be our correct conception of the good or the Libs perverted one where they say it's good to lop off the genitals of 10-year-olds. Well, what, which one do you want to live under? You have to pick. There's no neutrality. Now you're starting to see conservatives get this. You're seeing this right now down in Texas. The state government of Texas has just done something that I have been hoping a a conservative state government would do for a long time. They have cut ties with BlackRock, with one of the largest asset managers in the world, over BlackRock's insistence on using its tremendous wealth and, and leverage and power to force political institutions to go woke and to force private companies to go woke. How does that happen? What is BlackRock? BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, these are the asset managers that control trillions and trillions of dollars. And they're, they are one of the biggest drivers of wokeness today because they've got all those trillions and trillions of dollars. And, and look, no one ever elected BlackRock to any position of power. The people don't go to the polls every year and say, OK, who what do I support as my asset manager? I, I support Vanguard this year. No. But they just have a lot of money and money talks and BS walks. That's why Joe Biden is buying votes right now because he knows that that might help him in November and it might help him in 2024. And so these guys throw their power around and they do it explicitly in the political realm. So they do it to private companies. They make Cracker Barrel start offering fake meat in their sausage. Not one Cracker Barrel customer has ever requested vegetarian sausage. Not one. And no one who has even walked into a Cracker Barrel has ever contemplated becoming a vegetarian. And yet. Cracker Barrel now offers impossible sausage. Why? It's clear because the biggest investors in BlackRock are Vanguard and, and in, in Cracker Barrel rather are Vanguard and BlackRock and they push this woke kind of nonsense, and part of that is pushing vegetarianism. And so Cracker Barrel complies. That's why. And the companies all know it. But but these asset managers also manage the funds of the state pensions. So they're getting involved in the states, in the political communities. And Texas says no. Texas comptroller Glenn Hagar says the environmental, social, corporate governance movement, ESG, has produced an opaque and perverse system in which some financial companies no longer make decisions in the best interest of their shareholders or their clients, but instead use their financial clout to push a social and political agenda shrouded in secrecy. That's the conservative political argument. Then BlackRock comes back the woke financial manager. And they come in, they say, they say with their eight and a half trillion dollars in assets, they say elected and appointed officials have a duty to act in the best interests of the people they serve. Politicizing state pension funds, restricting access to investments, and impacting the financial returns of retirees is not consistent with that duty. There's one word that I want to retire from the English language. It is the word politicize when we're talking about political things. You're politicizing education. You're politicizing State pension funds. Yeah, those things are by definition political. <laughs> because they're Yes, obviously a state pension fund is political. It's run by politicians. That's right. And the people have a right to exercise some power. All BlackRock is saying here is, hey, you people have no right to govern yourselves. Uh, Wall Street asset managers should be governing all of you under the guise of the free market. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Conservatives got hoodwinked by that nonsense. way, way too long. And now, finally, they're pushing back. Politicize it, baby. Bring on the politicization. You know, for years, we've been told that above all else, we have to trust the science. Listen to the science. I am science. Yet, when it comes to presenting any science to support the safety of children, taking experimental puberty drugs to treat gender dysphoria, activists shrug it off. They say, science, we don't need no stinking science. Pump those kids full of drugs. The only thing more appalling than the left's hypocrisy is their willingness to sacrifice children, in some cases literally, on the altar of transgenderism and all their crazy ideologies. No film does a better job of exposing the danger, hypocrisy, and lunacy of the trans cult than Matt Walsh's documentary, What is a Woman? It is already one of the most talked about movies of the year. Everybody has watched this movie. If you haven't, hurry up. The impact of this movie is continuing to spread around the world. Let's keep that momentum up by watching and sharing the film at whatisawoman.com. That is whatisawoman.com. Our problems politically do not all come from socialism. Sometimes you'll hear all these boomer conservative types who say, oh, it's socialism's on the rise. It's all social. Everyone's a socialist. No, ESG is not a socialist movement. The dangers to our political order posed by BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard, it's not that they're socialists. Even Joe Biden paying off the student debt. It's not exactly socialism. It's more just like an old machine politician buying votes. Okay, there are way more problems in America than socialism. But socialism is a problem too. There is a a New York State Senate primary winner, Kristen Gonzalez, who just won, won her primary and she's celebrating and she says that this victory is not just a victory for her; it's a victory for socialism.
1: I know, uh, I know we're saving the speeches for a little later, but today we really prove that socialism wins. We are not going anywhere. We are not going anywhere, and we will not stop until we see a socialist slate across this city.
0: Well, all these socialists look exactly as you would expect. They just, there's just a certain look to socialists, especially from New York. And I think she's right about socialism being on the rise. It is. For uh, most of the 20th century, certainly the latter half of the 20th century, if you called yourself a socialist, you, you, that was political suicide. You were dead. The first one on a national scale to really do it in many, many decades was Bernie Sanders, And he was really considered kooky. He was the lone socialist out there. Now it's much more common. AOC calls herself a socialist. The whole squad calls calls themselves socialists. You see it with a lot of other candidates around the country. There are democratic socialist clubs on campuses all over the United States. I wasn't in college all that long ago. It was 10 years ago. That was unthinkable, even at a super lib school like the one that I went to. Now, almost every campus I go to, including the conservative ones, they have a DSA chapter. It's on the rise. There's no question. Why is socialism on the rise? I think the reason is because liberalism is unstable. The reason socialism's on the rise is not because the KGB are sending agents to American campuses necessarily, or that China is sending agents to American, they actually are sending agents to American campuses, but- So that's not just to spread the ideology of socialism. It's because liberalism is unstable. And so you're seeing now that the two parties becoming more polarized. Well, they are, in a way, becoming more polarized because that squishy middle doesn't make a lot of sense. Liberalism as an ideology, the new kind, the old kind, the classical kind, all of it, is unstable because it relies on all the old good traditions that are pre-liberal all the old institutions that are not liberal, the church, and the family, and the township, and the, and the mores, and the habits, and the family, and the ways of life that are not liberal in order to survive. But liberalism, as a kind of rationalist ideology, chips away at all of those things. And so at a certain point, you can think of it as liberalism leaning on tradition, and society, and the family, and the institutions, and the church, and all of that. And, and as, as liberalism just starts eroding its, its support, all of a sudden, as those institutions fall away, liberalism collapses. And then you've got choices. You can either have a, a conservative worldview, or you can go to the more extreme side of, of socialism. But that's where it's going to sort out. You're seeing that sort out happen Right now. And you're seeing it among a lot of the left wing libs. They're, they're becoming more li- liberal, more leftist, more socialist. And among the right wing liberals, the kind of libertarians or the classical liberals or the people who just call themselves a right liberal, they're becoming much more traditionally conservative. I think it was ever thus. I think that's the way it's going to happen. And you're going to see more socialist candidates. You're seeing one right now in Pennsylvania. The Democrat candidate in Pennsylvania is a socialist. His name is John Fetterman. He's not just being called a socialist by right-wingers like me. NPR calls John Fetterman a socialist. And John Fetterman is doing relatively pretty well. For a candidate who's never had a real job in his life, who's mooched off his parents and got an allowance of over 50 grand while he was pursuing his political career, John Fetterman, who has terrible health. He had a stroke on the campaign trail, disappeared from the campaign, has never really answered any questions about his health, doesn't seem to be paying for it. He's doing really well in the polls and he's running against Dr. Oz, the TV host. And right now the Republicans are getting worried. So Sean Hannity has invited Dr. Oz on his show to debate. Hannity says, Fetterman actually has a picture of me and Dr. Oz on my TV show. So he's got to stop hiding in his basement, just like Joe Biden, and come on my TV show. He goes, and then, or, or on his uh, TV show or his radio show, I guess he invited him. He says, then you can explain the positions that you've taken over the years and your lazy lifestyle and how you lived off your mama and your dada and how you bought your sister's house for a buck and your positions on heroin and everything in between. So I, I think that would be good. I would be happy if Sean Hannity debated John Fetterman. But it's kind of sad that Hannity has to do this. Because Dr. Oz should be doing this. And the problem is Dr. Oz is running a terrible campaign. And I want Dr. Oz to win. He wouldn't have been my choice in the primary because he's a, a Democrat. <laughs> and he was, he was defending uh, abortion and attacking pro-lifers. Not that long before he decided to run for Senate as a Republican. But okay, you go to war now with the army you want, with the army you've got. I would much rather have Dr. Oz in the Senate than John Fetterman. So I really want Dr. Oz to win. I'm not not really attacking Oz to hurt Oz. I'm, I'm attacking Oz's campaign because his campaign is being run very poorly right now. Oz needs to be doing this. He can't go out and have Sean Hannity fighting all his battles for him. He's got to be a better candidate, and he's got to have better campaign staff. And I don't know, whoever, we played that extremely stupid Dr. Oz commercial the other day. Whoever made that commercial needs to be fired and probably thrown in prison because of how bad it was. And he just has to do a better job because I really don't want this socialist to be in the Senate. And he's just not. Oz just made another gaffe, or his campaign just made another gaffe. Uh, John Fetterman has been attacking Dr. Oz over a really stupid campaign commercial he'd made a while ago, where it was him walking through a grocery store, not even correctly identifying which grocery store it was, because Dr. Oz obviously doesn't do his own grocery shopping. And he was walking through picking up vegetables. And he said he was picking up vegetables because his wife wanted to have a crudité platter. Yeah, nothing appeals to blue collar workers in the Rust Belt like crudité platters. And then he's talking about crudité and how the price of vegetables has gone up at the grocery store, the name he can't recognize. And the campaign released that. That's not that's not John Fetterman's fault. That's not even really Dr. Oz's fault. That's the campaign's fault. Whoever put him in that position was running a stupid campaign. And Fetterman's been hammering him on it. And now Oz is getting angry and Oz responds and says, if John Fetterman had ever eaten a vegetable in his life, then maybe he wouldn't have had a major stroke and wouldn't be in the position of having to lie about it constantly. That was the senior communications advisor to the Oz campaign. And you know that line is super funny. I'm not going to deny that that's a hilarious line, but it's really mean and really bad politics. That doesn't make Dr. Oz look good. That doesn't make John Fetterman look bad. If anything, it makes me more sympathetic to John Fetterman. You're making fun of a guy for having a stroke? That's not, ah, there's so many things you're going to hit the guy on. There's so many ways you run this campaign. John Fetterman is just a total loser. I mean, this guy is such a terrible candidate. And yet, the Republicans are blowing it. They're blowing, never underestimate the ability of the Republican Party and the Republican Party leadership and consulting class to steal defeat from the jaws of victory. Never under, I hope they turn the campaign around. I really, really hope that they do. Now, as a little palate cleanser to that, to make me feel a little bit better, speaking of congressional politics, there was just a brutal primary in New York. Because of redistricting in New York, because the Democrats took their eye off the ball, they ended up in a position where New York lost a congressional seat and you had uh, two sitting congressmen have to duke it out. And the two that had to duke it out were two of the longest-serving, most prominent Democrat congressmen in New York, Jerry Nadler and Carolyn Maloney. And Jerry Nadler won. He won by a lot. Jerry Nadler won 55 to 24.4. These guys had been in the House for a combined 60 years. They're both just awful. It's sort of like the Iran-Iraq war. You just wanted both of them to lose. Uh, when Maloney lost, she blamed, quote, sexist systems and misogyny, she said, I'm really sad we no longer have a woman representing Manhattan in Congress. Okay, bye. See you, sister, later. And then Nadler won in the way that he explained his win is he said, I think Carolyn and I have worked on a lot of things together, but I think I have a more principled, progressive record. She voted for war in Iraq, speaking of the Iraq war. I voted against it. She voted for the Patriot Act. I voted against it. She voted for the Iran deal. I voted she voted against the Iran deal. I voted for the Iran deal. So uh, Nadler won. Okay, someone had to win. I'm glad at least one of them lost. That's sort of nice. The, the lesson to take here, though, is one right now, cl- clearer politics are going to win the day. A more clear political vision is going to win the day. So Nadler wins by running to the left of Maloney. And also wedge issues. Reminds you here, there are wedge issues in every party for every political group the issues that split your own side. Those are the issues to focus on when you're running against Democrats. You, well, now the Iraq war is kind of dated, but you could use the Iraq war issues that whatever Republicans think of it will split the Democrat vote. Democrats are very good at using wedge issues. Republicans, a little bit less so. Before I get to the member block, by the way, I've got a very important political issue that we've got to get to. Kim Kardashian is making headlines as she always does. Uh, this time for bringing back a hairstyle that apparently was uh, gone. Uh, they, the pop culture magazines are alleging that Kim Kardashian is bringing back the side part. So not parting it here in the middle, parting it on the side. I would just like to say, because you know, I hate to say I told you so, and I consider myself something of a prophet and predictor of these things. I have had a side part since I was about three years old. Okay, I have had the side part much longer than Kim Kardashian. And so if the side part is coming back, I would like to think that it is because I am the uh, setter of fashion and a fashion icon actually. Uh, and uh, in this way, I think more influential than, than Kim Kardashian. You know she's had the center part for a long time. I had the side part. Who's responsible for this trend coming back? I don't think it's I don't think it's complicated. The rest of the show is going to continue now. You do not want to miss it. If you are not a member, uh, then you've got to become a member. This is not for the hoi polloi, okay? You know that uh, when we're here in public, when we're on the podcast apps, when we're on YouTube and everything, we've got to be a little careful with the way that we talk. You know, we've got to use sometimes euphemisms, dance around things. When we go to the member block, you're getting just pure, unvarnished uh, levels of kofefe. You know, you're just getting the real deal. So make sure you head on over, click that link. We'll see you over there.